You are listening to the Supermamas Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 109. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 109. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, you resplendent supermoms. It was so nice to see you on my free community coaching call to see some of your beautiful faces that have been listening to the podcast, but I haven't gotten to know yet. So thanks for joining me there. I'm going to try to do one once a month. So hopefully I'll get to see you guys again. You can go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 10Q and get on the newsletter. And then you'll know when they're going to be popping up. I have an apology. I need to apologize to you because I just found out that my contact page has not been working. And so if you have emailed me a question to answer on the podcast and I haven't answered it, it's because I did not receive it. So I've been getting the voicemail messages, but not the written email messages. So I apologize. Please go back again and rewrite it, your question so that I can answer it on the podcast now that I'm aware of the problem. Well, I'm excited about today's topic, but before we get to it, I want to let you know that there's still a few spots left in my Leading Your Teen group coaching program. So I've got, uh, if your teen is struggling or you are struggling with your teen, I've got a group coaching program that's starting up this Friday, and I've got a one-on-one coaching program that's ongoing. So the group coaching program will be Fridays, depending on your time zone, what time it is. But if you can't do it, if you can't do that time, still schedule your free call with me. We can see if you're a good fit for the coaching program, see if group or one-on-one might be better for you. But let's say you can only do evenings in East Coast time zones. If I find enough interest of other people who want to do evenings on the East Coast time zone, then I can make that work. All right. So go ahead and schedule your free discovery call with me. Let me hear about what's going on for you and your teenager at home. And you can do that by going to leadingyourteen.com. So today's question comes from Kim, and she writes, Dear Tori, how is my son supposed to choose a major? He is applying to colleges, some of which won't let him change his mind if he applies under a certain major. He's stressing out, which is making me stress out. How the heck is he supposed to know what he wants to do for the rest of his life when he has had so few life experiences? It seems ridiculous to ask this of a 17-year-old, and I feel unsure how to guide him. It seems silly to hire a life coach for this, but I'm wondering if it's a good idea. Kim. All right. So today's parent educator answer on how to choose a major is going to be, it's a fun topic for me. And I think that the biggest mistake we make is asking kids to get too specific too soon. I don't mind the question, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because it can give you a ton of insight if you follow it up with why. What about that appeals to you? Why do you want to be a firefighter when you grow up? Why do you want to be a veterinarian? 
So let's imagine your kid says, I want to be a video game designer. If you ask why, you'll get some more general information. Do they like the artistic creative elements? Do they like being in community with other gamers? Do they like the idea of working from home? Or do they just think they're going to make a lot of money? (laughs) What is their reason for wanting to be a video game designer? Designer actually gives you some more really valuable information. So we can help our kids figure out a major by asking questions and making observations. You can say things like, boy, I notice you always seem so energized when you get back from coding camp (laughs) or when you get back from soccer practice or you get back from your theater set design. So just start making observations of noticing when they seem energized and lit up and, but also the opposite of, you know, gosh, it seems like no matter what teacher you have, you always dread math class. Or, you know, I, I know all your friends want you to play volleyball, but you seem to dread going every time you go. So just kind of making observations about when they seem lit up and high and excited and when they seem down in the dumps. So we're all born with skills, talents, interests, and proclivities. I believe our job is to figure out what we love to do and go do it. Each of us has been imprinted with certain likes and dislikes, and with every class we take, every life experience we have, we get a little closer to knowing ourselves. Finding the right career path is like the game, you are getting warmer. Do you guys know this game? It's like, you're getting warmer, you're hot, you're boiling up. Oh, now you're ice cold. I love playing this game in workshops where we kind of use it as a metaphor for finding your future, your calling, your right life, your future career, whatever. So what I would do in in workshops, whether this was with teenagers, I had like 12 to 14 year olds. I used to have a girls leadership camp, or I've done this with moms. So what we do is we hide a small object that kind of represents her future that she cannot, she doesn't know what her future is leading her to. So I hide it somewhere in the room. And then I take one person out of the room while the other group of people hide the object. So once it's hidden, everybody takes their seats and I bring that person back to the room and stand her in the middle of the circle. So all the girls or all the women are watching to see how she would go about finding her future that is currently out of her view, right? She doesn't know which is the right path for her to take. She doesn't know which step to go into, what major to choose. So it was so fascinating to watch all the different ways to approach this game. Some girls would just stand there saying, I don't know where to start. They wanted to know the right path before taking a step in any direction. They were afraid of making a mistake, afraid of going in the wrong direction. So I would ask questions like, where in your real life does the fear of making the wrong choice get in the way? And so we kind of draw parallels from the game to the real life. So the girls only got warmer or colder clues if they asked for it. And so some never looked to us for clues. They wanted to figure it out on their own with no input. Others wanted feedback with every step, constantly looking up for reassurance that they were on the right track, doing the right things. Some bulldozed through my living room, upturning couch cushions and moving people and obstacles out of their way. 
Some went in with a plan. Others did totally great on their own until they met with a human obstacle. So I would try to hide it in places that forced people to interact and ask for help. So like I'd hide it under a couch cushion where somebody was actually sitting. So many of the girls would give up rather than ask someone to move out of the way. And so I would draw parallels to the real life, like where in real life do you feel like people are standing in your way from helping you get what you want or moving forward to what you feel like is your right future and the direction you need to go, but there's somebody blocking you. So choosing your major is just like this game. I really suggest playing it with your kids and seeing their style of how to go about it. You cannot know what the right step is for you unless you take a step in some direction. And even if it feels colder, you get a lot of information. So for a lot of seniors who last year, seniors who graduated during the pandemic, staying at home and doing online learning for the first year of university felt cold. (laughs) And so maybe going away to college felt warmer than staying home. Even if you still had to do online school, people were ready for, a lot of seniors are ready for a new experience of some kind. And now that things are opening back up and colleges are you know, meeting in person, they might find out, you know what? It's still cold. It's like maybe I, I just wanted to get out of my house and try something different, but maybe this college isn't a great fit for me. That's okay. Because when you go and you take a step in the cold direction, you get a lot of information. Maybe being at home and online was colder than being away and online. And maybe being in person and away from home is warmer. And so you just kind of take it one step at a time. So we can help, parents can help their kids tune into these important clues by asking them questions. So I'm going to list a bunch of questions. So don't feel like you have to write it down. If you're out driving your car or walking your dog, you can go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 109 and you will see this list of questions. There's a bunch of links in today's episodes that you're going to want. So just don't get in an accident. Try to write down these questions. Okay, number one, what feels warmer? Online learning or in-person learning? You know, a lot of kids have now have had the experience of both. So that's great information. What did the pandemic teach you that you never want again? What did the pandemic teach you that you liked and want more of? What is something you enjoy practicing even if no one asked you to? Because most people don't like practicing. So if you enjoy practicing something, that's pretty key. (laughs) When you're Teacher assigns a project or essay. Do you prefer detailed instructions or very little guidance? This just gives you information as to like, who are you? Do you want to kind of put your own stamp on things or do you just like following rules? What are your favorite books, your favorite TV shows, your favorite YouTube channels, movies, video games? You know, what is it that you're drawn to? Do you like to laugh? Do you like to solve mysteries? Do you like the science behind things. What do you like? What kinds of activities did your teenager enjoy between the ages of six to 12? So between six and 12, you're really getting a glimpse into a child's essence 
of when they don't have anything else on the schedule and they aren't allowed to stay on screens, what do they come up to do? What do they gravitate towards? And so this the, the ages are important because zero to five, you're really just hitting like all these developmental milestones that really that don't indicate your child's preference. And then after 12, you're getting the peer pressure of this is what I'm supposed to like and supposed to do. So between six and 12, if you can watch where they gravitate towards as far as activities, do they stay inside and like to create and draw and be artistic? Do they like to be outside jumping on trampolines? Do they like to be playing with the neighbor kids? Do they like to pick up their guitar or their piano? Like what do they like to cook? You know, what do they gravitate towards when they're not sitting in front of a screen? Uh, number eight is what did your child get in trouble for in school? If your child is willing to get in trouble for it, then that's pretty key to their essence of who they are. So if your kid cannot stop talking during class, then a job in sales might be a good match for them or politics or teaching or something. If your child gets in trouble for running into the halls, then they probably shouldn't sit in a cubicle all day long, right? If they get in trouble for not paying attention, then they need to have a job where they can access their own creativity and their own ideas and not just follow someone else's. So paying attention to these little things are going to help your kids know who they are, what lights them up, and what their interests are talents and proclivities are. So there's many ways we can help our teens understand themselves and choose a major as long as we don't get too specific too soon. Stay general and broad, indoors or outdoors, sitting or moving, teaching or learning, talking or reading. (laughs) If I were coaching your teens, the things I'd want to discover are their, number one, their play personality, Number two, their Myers-Briggs type indicator profile. And number three, their spark type. Self-awareness is one of the most valuable skill sets kids can develop, especially now, because we have got a wild and uncertain future that is changing at a very fast pace. And I think personality quizzes are valuable tools to help us understand ourselves, but most of them are not geared towards kids. But these three, you can help your kids discover who they are. So I've talked about play personalities in the past. This book called Play by Dr. Stuart Brown helped me understand the different activities that people engage in that make life more fun for them. Choosing work that feels like play is the surest way to enjoy your future major or career. If you are a competitive creator you're not going to be happy in a job where you uphold rules all day long. For me, I am an explorer and a director. So I created this job for myself of coaching and teaching where I can create positive experiences for people while helping them understand themselves at a deeper level. So exploring can be a mile wide or an inch deep. And so life coaching is really that inch wide, mile deep, where you get to really dive in and help someone discover the essence of who they are and purge and dissolve the beliefs they have that are getting in their way of being their true and authentic self. 
So I get to be explorer, but then I also like to teach, create classes, create in-person experiences. And that is my director coming out. So besides explorer and director, there are six other play personalities. Kinesthete, which means if it's not moving, it's not play. I, I need to be moving my body. Creator, which is like an artist, an inventor, someone who likes to come up with new things. And this could be a cook too. Somebody likes to bake or, you know, decorate. A collector, who someone likes to collect things, talk about their collections and kind of socialize around their collections. A competitor. Everything's more fun when you make a competition out of it. A storyteller. So this can be reading books, writing stories, telling stories, making movies, watching movies, just loving that element of storytelling. And then a joker, this is your class clown, your prankster, somebody who likes to um, perform on, you know, maybe have their own YouTube channel kind of thing. So the MBTI is another great personality assessment, helping us understand who we are and how we best operate. So this MBTI is that Myers-Briggs type indicator. And so if you've ever taken this quiz and found out you are an ESTJ or an INFP, that's what this is talking about, okay? So the quiz is geared towards adults and a lot of it in the workplace and stuff, but there is a book called Nurture by Nature that takes the Myers-Briggs type indicator and applies it towards children. And it is fascinating because they talk about what your child's personality like is as a baby, as a toddler, as a all the way up to teenager. And so they help parents identify the kid's personality types and also give parenting advice based on the personality type, which is really helpful. I really liked their advice. I thought it was really good. Because sometimes we kind of bang our head against the wall when it comes to our children. And when you realize this is their personality type and that nothing you do is going to change that, it really helps you accept and be at peace with how they were wired. So understanding your personality type can help you choose a career path that you can be happy with. My latest obsession that I find super valuable in helping clients understand themselves is a new book and a new personality assessment called Spark Type. So Jonathan Fields at The Good Life Project wrote a book to summarize what I would call archetypes, but he calls Spark Type. Discover your unique imprint for work that makes you come alive. Now, this quiz came across into my email box from one of my clients during the month of January when I was really in the doldrums of the pandemic. Just the opposite of coming alive. What's that? Zombie mode? I was in zombie mommy mode. And I was really struggling because I had, I didn't have a lot of gigs going on. I didn't, I wasn't teaching. I didn't have in-person events. We Our pandemic numbers were really high. So, you know, all fun things were canceled. I was doing a lot of creative, like behind the scenes stuff and computer stuff, which is not my play personality. I'm not a creator. I'm a director and explorer and a kinesthete. So sitting at home in my computer and just doing behind the scenes work, I was really... So when I took this quiz 
and it said that the my spark type was a sage followed by an advisor. And this is the work that makes me come alive. I realized I wasn't doing that. I wasn't. So a sage is uh, like a coach, for certainly a life coach, a mentor, but it's not just talking into a microphone. That's more of the advisor part of me. So right now I'm talking to you, but I can't see you. I can't see the illumination happening. And in order for me to feel fully alive, I need to see the illumination, the transformation. I need to see how it's received. And that's why in-person teaching is so much better for me than, you know, Zoom calls and talking at somebody. And so when I realized that that's what makes me feel fully alive, and I wasn't really doing a lot of that in January, I was working towards it. I had classes that were starting in February, but I realized like I cannot stop doing that because that when I'm doing this coaching and this teaching, then it fuels me. It gives me energy to do the boring behind the scenes computer work that I need to do. So I was talking with my teenage niece the other day, and she mentioned she's interested in becoming a chiropractor. So when I asked her why, she told me about the role her chiropractor has played in her life, how she's always been there for her when she gets stressed out or tense, that this chiropractor is kind, wise, and helpful, and she loves going to her, and she feels better afterwards. Now, there are many reasons to become a chiropractor. But what I heard is that my niece also identifies with the sage spark type. She wants to play this role of wise advisor, coach, and mentor in other people's lives. So once you know your spark type, the role you need to play in order to feel alive, right? That's the spark type. Then you can choose any of your favorite arenas. So finding out your spark type is going really broad and general. Naming chiropractor is way too specific too soon, right? So it turns out, as I ask further questions, my niece is not interested in body mechanics, science, medicine, human biology. She might be miserable if she studies those subjects in college because that's not why she wants to go into chiropractic, right? She wants to be in this role of a sage is what the spark type would call it. And so now that she knows the role, now she can choose the industry that she enjoys studying and know that she can have work that makes her come to life, but also make sure that the uh, the, the content of the classes in college are interesting to her. So I'm going to go quickly through these spark types, but I highly suggest getting the book and you can read through it and help your, your kids identify theirs. Mine, my, when I looked at it, it was very obvious which ones my kids were. Uh, the quiz is geared towards adults in the workplace who've had a lot of experiences. So take the quiz for yourself, but get the book for your children so that you can kind of help them figure out their spark types. So number one is the maker. So this is that creator, that artist, that inventor. Uh, They like to come up with their own ideas. 
the scientist, the scientist likes to solve people's problems. It doesn't have to be with a lab coat on. It doesn't have to be in the field of sciences. It just means I like people coming to me with their problems so that I can solve them. I like figuring things out on my own. Just, I like problems to solve. The sage I talked about, the advisor is more of a teacher, like a podcaster, uh, somebody who likes to kind of disseminate their uh, knowledge, but doesn't need that, doesn't need to witness the illumination, doesn't need to be a part of it, that it's just enough for me to learn something and then translate it to an audience, could be a public speaker, something like that. The maven is uh, somebody who, who loves learning, who likes to absorb knowledge like a sponge and just can't get enough of just acquiring information. They're the ones you probably want on your um, pub trivia team. <laughs> the essentialist, which I believe I have elements of, even though it didn't come up, is this is somebody who likes to whittle things down to the essential elements and just having what's essential and necessary. And um, so anyone who likes to do like personal organizing, minimalistic living, you know, you can be an essentialist when it comes to your homes, your money, your wardrobe, your uh, environment. So essentialist is, I think, uh, if I had a third type, that would probably be my third. The performer which, gosh, I mean, I felt really, when I took this quiz and I realized how much not being a sage for a month was impacting me, I really felt for people who are performers during the pandemic because it's hard to be a performer when you don't have an audience, you know? So this is someone who comes to life when they're performing. The warrior, the advocate, and the nurturer. I think those are self-explanatory. I'm including the link to the quiz in the show notes here, but I'm also including the link to the book because I think it's better for figuring out your kids. So the answer to Kim's question is yes. Hiring a life coach to help your teen choose a major is a great idea. Hiring a life coach would save you time, money, and future regret, not to mention stress, (laughs) hanging out with the stressed out kid, right? It's just knowing who you are and learning what to look for and how to play this game of you are getting warmer is a skill set that you can build at a young age that you will use the rest of your life. So if you are interested in the subject and you find it as fascinating as I do, then I've given you some places to start But if you don't want to spend thousands of hours and dollars learning all this stuff, then a life coach will totally save you time, money, and stress. So the life coaching answer for what gets in our way from teens figuring out what to major in is societal pressures. So what gets in the way of teenagers knowing themselves enough to choose the major that's right for them is the pressure to pick the perfect thing. The world is changing super fast. Many, most of the jobs that today's kindergartners will have have not even been invented yet. The only constant we can count on is change. The best thing we can do is to help our teens develop the skills of navigating uncertainty. These important skills are self-awareness, 
flexibility, and trusting yourself to rise to any future scenario. When teens think the school and major I choose are super important and I have to like this for the rest of my life, it puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on their shoulders. If they don't like their choice, they can change schools halfway through if they can't change their major. If they can't find a job in their major, they can still find a job in their spark type. Don't worry about the major I really want to study won't make me any money. We always find excuses to avoid things that make us feel vulnerable. And being your true and authentic self always feels scary. Choose the major that gets you excited to get out of bed in the morning. There are many ways to earn income. So don't let money be your reason not to follow your dreams. So just stay aware of societal trends and pressures. Be wary of them. So I'll tell you about my friend, Tim. He went to medical school when the trend was shifting towards primary care doctors. All the future jobs are in general medicine, he was told. So he followed that trend and spent seven years diagnosing ear infections and runny noses. If he had paid attention to his personality instead he would have known he was a specialist, not a generalist. He loved being the expert in the room. He loved going an inch wide and a mile deep on a subject. Every really interesting case that came into his office, he had to refer out. His boredom finally got the best of him after seven years. He went back to school to become a pediatric anesthesiologist. He learned to be true to himself, to be nimble and flexible, and to follow what felt good to him no matter what society said. But he could have saved himself some time, some energy, and some money if he had known himself and been had really exquisite self-awareness and not listened to societal pressures and trends and instead just trusted himself to know himself and to choose the path that felt warmest to him, regardless of what society said. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is the talent trap. When I was preparing for my first teaching job, my mom, an experienced teacher, gave me the unusual advice. Don't be too good. She had seen it happen too many times, where the best teachers, the best performers, the hardest workers often got asked to serve on the most committees, review the latest curriculum, chair all the boards, and volunteer too much time outside the classroom. As if a fellow people pleaser, I suppose don't be too good was the best advice she had because say no to things that don't spark joy was not in her vocabulary. But the talent trap is real. If you're really good at a lot of things, and you like school and learning, it can be hard to choose a major. Most people love being recognized for their skills and talents. We get this ego boost. And this ego boost can get in the way of knowing whether we really like something because we all enjoy being good at things. and We all enjoy getting recognized for it. So it's almost like it clouds our vision when you're really good at a lot of things it can make it harder to know what's the 
one thing that you should major in or what's the right path for you. I've coached so many clients who've gotten stuck in the Ivy League talent trap where they feel pressured to perform at a high level because they invested in this expensive education and everyone else expects them to perform at a high level and they didn't want to waste their parents, you know, money and whatever. It just like sets the bar super high. And so it blocks them from seeing moments in their life when just baking brownies and coaching Little League feels warmer to them. So it kind of traps them in a place where they feel like they can't switch careers. They have to stay the course, even if it feels cold. So if you find yourself good at a lot of things, ask yourself questions like, what would I do if I could not care what people thought? What is so fun that I do it even if failure was inevitable? And what would I do for fun in my spare time when no one is watching? So the game of you are getting warmer never ends. We are always evolving. You know, what felt warm to you before you had kids and it's not going to feel the same to you when you have kids, right? Like I'm just thinking about someone who's had three little kids at home and her boss She sits down with her boss and her boss is like, don't you want to challenge yourself and like, you know, push yourself further in your career? She's like, no, absolutely not. I feel completely challenged and maxed out. I want to coast. I want it to be easy. You know, where before she had kids, she probably was interested in challenging herself. But then you've got three little kids and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, I need to make it as simple and easy as possible. But then as the kids grow older and they start becoming more independent, you might be ready for something else, something new, something challenging or exciting. So what felt warm to you two years ago may not be the same as it is today. What felt right to you before the pandemic might not feel right to you afterwards. We're always growing, evolving, and changing. So when you learn to pay attention to and focus on self-awareness, flexibility, and the ability to trust your future self, you will have what you need to navigate this wild new world we are living in. Today's super mom power boost is to let yourself off the hook. It is too much to expect yourself to be able to guide your children towards a successful future when you don't know what the future will bring. We all have blind spots when it comes to our kids. Here's a few that can keep you from helping guide your kid towards the future that's right for them or to be able to see and identify their essence. Here's one blind spot. He's just like me. He's just like my brother. He's just like my mom. When we identify our kid, you say they remind us of this other person, it blocks us from seeing our kids as they are. Here's another blind spot. We remember how they were when they were younger. We can get locked into their personality type, let's say pre-puberty, and we get blocked from seeing who they are evolving into as adolescents and young adults. The third thing that blocks us from being able to guide our kids towards and help identify their essence 
is that we have our own hopes, our own fears, and our own biases that help us see only what we want to see in our kids. So I can remember driving with uh, my niece and she was looking up at a skyscraper and seeing window washers and going, oh, I want to do that when I grow up. (laughs) I want to clean windows on the outsides of buildings way up high. Well, most moms would be like, no, you don't. That's not a career path. That's too dangerous. You don't want to take those kinds of risks. Like we have a bias towards our kids being safe. You know, she talked about joining the army as, you know, at this, I don't know, she's like 12 years old and you're like, no, we want to keep you safe and at home. And so we always have these biases. And so when our kids throw out weird and random things, Like, I can remember saying I wanted to be a secretary when I grew up or a waitress. And my dad's like, you know, those are very stereotypical female jobs. Like, maybe you want to do something a little bit uh, bigger. (laughs) Or, you know, he had his own bias towards my voicing wanting to be a waitress when I grew up. So, but if he had asked me why I wanted to be a waitress or why I want to be a secretary, I could totally see now the waitress was that kinesthete, that extrovert, that like wanting the excitement and being around people. And the secretary, I remember this so clearly, is I used to love organizing my desk, which is hilarious now because it's a total mess. But I loved that the essentialist in me of like having everything in one place and all organized and simplified. I don't know. But like, those are the clues he could have gotten out of me, but he had his own biases, right? He wanted me to kind of buck some female stereotypes. So we all have our own hopes, fears, and biases that help us kind of see only what we want to see. So parents may not be the best mentors for their kids' futures because we're, we bias towards safety, security, like, oh, that's really risky. Wait, you want to be an artist when you grow up? You want to be an author? Wait, how are you going to make money? And so we kind of, no, that's not a good career path for you. So even after 15 years of learning and practice and thousands of dollars in coaching programs and books I've read countless times to help people discover their essence, I am positive. I still have biases when it comes to my own kids, and I don't even know what they are, which makes them a blind spot. So today's Super Mom Power Boost is to take the pressure off yourself so that you can be free from having all the answers. Instead of trying to guide your kids, be a living example of listening to your inner guidance. Talk out loud about your own game of you are getting warmer, that you are playing in your life. Do you notice that walking the dog feels warmer than going to the gym? Does a group yoga class feel warmer than a yoga video at home? Is working from home warmer than going to the office? Like you've got so much you're doing every day to figure out. You know, talk about like after the kids leave the house, what feels warmer to you when you imagine being an empty nester? So take the spark type quiz and make sure you're doing work that makes you feel alive. So far, everybody that I know that's taken it has been, their response when they find out their spark type has been like, well, yeah, duh. (laughs) Like so obvious. But for me, it was 
it hit hard because of when I took it, I wasn't doing that. And it explained why I felt so dead inside (laughs) for that month of January. So understand your play personality and adjust your life to make your work feel more like play. And by work, you know, you're a mom. This could be, it doesn't have to be your, just your job. Make laundry feel like play. <laughs> Make cooking feel like play. Honor your Myers-Briggs personality profile rather than telling yourself you should be different than you are. You should be somebody else. Don't guide, model. Unless your spark type is a sage or an advisor and then just go find more people to guide than your own kids. Today's quote of the day, when you align your actions with your essence, you become a beacon that amplifies your presence. Jonathan Fields. All right, super moms, you have a great day. I will love you and leave you. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question, and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email, and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.